So, Olena, what are the last three things that you've bought off Amazon? So, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going on to my app here, and it's a bunch of Tupperware. <laughs> it's deworming tablets for my cats, and actually, you know, one of those uh, cloth cupboard organizers. So, the reason I'm asking you this is because we know what Amazon's crowning glory is, right? Amazon is an aggregator, not an online store, which means they provide a platform because of which we can buy pretty much any item we want from a range of sellers. Yeah, because it'd be very weird if there was just one company selling deworming tablets and Tupperware. Now, we're pretty used to this concept of having Amazon as this everything store. But back when it made this shift, it was quite a radical idea. In fact, just to show how this move has paid off for them over the years, Jeff Bezos wrote this letter to shareholders earlier in April of this year, where he said that 60% of Amazon's retail sales came from small to medium sellers on the platform. Now, Amazon is doing something radical once again. They're trying to build another marketplace, another Amazon, not to sell you any of the goods we talked about, but a marketplace for shows and movies. A few weeks ago, the Ken exclusively broke the news of how Amazon Prime Video plans on launching a feature called Channels. Now, with this feature, a subscriber on Prime Video's website can watch content from other streaming platforms in the same place, whether it's an art film by Mobi or a documentary by DocuBay or your favorite Malayalam film on Manorama Max. This deal between streaming giant Amazon Prime and the many smaller OTT platforms in India is completely unprecedented in India's streaming space. But it comes at a risk. For smaller players, they have to watch out for the vulnerabilities they expose to giant Amazon by teaming up with them. And for Amazon, well, the path is tricky. This ambitious plan has the potential to make Prime Video the number one streaming service in India. But that's only if it can pull it off. Hello and welcome to Unofficial Sources, a business podcast by The Ken. I'm Anushka Chakara. And I'm Alana Banerjee. And we're your hosts. This episode, we're looking at how, after years of convincing customers to subscribe to them over their competitors, Amazon Prime Video is now trying to convince their competitors to sell through them. Will the strategy work? And what is at stake for Prime's ambitious plan to streaming dominance? Stay tuned. Prime Video was launched in India in 2016. Since then, they've had quite an impressive run. They've accrued about 17 million subscribers. But the interesting thing to note here is that India's streaming population is still quite small. It's growing. So there's a lot of headroom for growth, not just for Amazon Prime video, but also competitors like Netflix and Disney Plus Hotstar. 
Now to grow, Amazon Prime is clearly doing something different. You know, they're going an extra mile with channels. But the question is, what is channels and how are they going to navigate this path? But before that, let's hop in a time machine and go back to 2010. If you ordered something off Amazon, that item would most probably be located in their warehouse and from their inventory, and then it would be shipped to you. But now, present day, Amazon is a marketplace, a network of sellers in every corner of the country. Now, in the same way, if you log on to primevideo.in and let's say you want to watch Family Man, which I am watching as well, but just for purely for research purposes. Well, the website will pull this show from its library of original content, which is kind of like their inventory, and it ships it to your screen from their servers, which are like a warehouse. But with channels, it's like Prime Video has become the marketplace. It will pull the content from these different players' servers and present it to you, making it a network of streaming platforms from every corner of the country. That's how they plan to replicate their tried and tested Amazon formula. And India's not the first country that they're trying this in. They've actually done a version of channels in the US, in Japan, and some other geographies they're present in. And it's worked fairly well for them. But streaming on the whole is a new space, and especially streaming in India. Competitors like Netflix and Disney Plus Hotstar have stuck to their content libraries or they've licensed content. Amazon clearly is going in a very different direction. Streaming in India is quite vast and diverse. There are at least 40 different streaming platforms across geographies, genres, you name it. And the thing is that in India, a lot of people are still watching content through satellite TV. That's not necessarily the case in US or Europe, where Prime has done channels before. But the thing is, the potential for the streaming market is huge in India. And as it grows over the next years, so will the competition get fiercer. Now, in this kind of space, how can these many, many smaller players possibly survive in the space where even giants like Prime, Netflix and Disney exist? Now, to understand Prime video channels, we called in Munsef Vengatil and Pranav Balakrishnan. They wrote the story titled Amazon Prime Video's Attempt to Become the Everything Store for Indian Streaming. That's the story which this episode is based on. Hey guys, thanks for coming in. Hello Anushka. Hi Anushka. So tell us, what is the biggest problem that these smaller OTT players face in India's market? So these small OTT platforms do have a lot of content. They are specialized in their own genres or languages. But people are used to paying for a service that gets them everything, right? Not a specific genre like, let's say, travel and living. So the biggest challenge for these players is that it is tough to reach people. Discovery and distribution, that is. Many people don't even know that they exist. I can speak for myself. I lived in Kerala for 20 years and yet I have not heard about Manorama Max. Manorama is the biggest and oldest media house in the state and they have a strong foothold in old school media like print and television. And now they have a streaming arm as well and I had no clue about it until I started reporting on the story. 
Okay, so distribution discovery is the main problem for them. But how have the bigger players like Prime and Netflix managed this fate? Uh, when OTTs came into the picture five to six years back, it was kind of tricky to get people to pay for streaming platforms. Uh, it was completely new concept and people were not used to paying for watching movies when you had torrent downloads. But what they used to were paying for utility bills, right? Water bills, power bills, phone bills. Unlike companies in other utility sectors, telcos have a pan-India presence, right? Each of the three big telcos have close to 200 to 300 million customers. So the big streaming companies decided to bundle their service along with the postpaid bills. So, for example, Airtel has a postpaid plan with which you would get a one-year subscription of Prime Video for free. It is mutually beneficial. Streaming companies can use these telcos like a highway and for telcos bundling these services creates a sort of stickiness at a time when there was an intense price war going on with the advent of Geo. So these Telcos created a highway between OTTs that wanted to get people hooked onto their product to the millions of people who were already paying for their phone bills. And now Amazon wants to create a similar highway between small OTTs who want new subscribers and millions of people who are already paying for Prime Video, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, so let's dive into the specifics of how exactly this works. Munsif, why don't you tell us how is Prime planning to roll out channels and how does it look on our screens? Channels is going to be a new tab on your Prime Video app's homepage. Like you currently have tabs like home, movies, TV shows and kids. Now, within this tab, you will see separate catalog for each of the third-party streaming services that are coming in. For now, it's going to be platforms like Wood Select, Eros Now, Lionsgate Play, Hoi Choi, Mubi, etc. The advantage for the smaller players here is that Prime Video already knows who among their customers watch what sort of content. Let's say if Hoi Choi wants to push a Bengali horror movie to its right audience, Prime Video's algorithms already know which customers generally watch Bengali content and not just that, it specifically knows who among them likes horror content. This sort of micro-targeting is a capability that smaller players generally lack. Now, the larger advantage of having such a capability and the kind of reach Amazon has is that you will have this newfound highway to generate user growth. Just to show you how big this could be, a 2018 report said that one out of every three American subscribers HBO had at that point, all of them came from channels. In another example, half of the subscribers stars had at that point, they came from channels. Okay, so it's a pretty big opportunity for these smaller players. But what does Amazon get out of this? Essentially, Amazon is buying its way to a larger content library without really having to invest millions of dollars in it. The move in India, for instance, will give them at least 70,000 hours of new programming content. And that's only going to grow much, much bigger. What they're ultimately trying to achieve is being the Google for video streaming. 
a one-stop shop where customers will regularly come to search and discover the kind of content that excites them. Of course, this also means your Prime subscription is more valuable to you now. And for Amazon, it ensures you renew your subscription every year. Another equally important aspect is that it's a new funnel for revenue generation for Amazon's whole Prime package in India. Well, currently, they only make money when you purchase a subscription or renew it every year. Every time a user signs up for a third-party streaming service via channels, Amazon will take at least a 30% commission from the partner. Just to understand how big this can be, Amazon is estimated to have made at least $3.6 billion in revenue from the service last year. So why is it that Amazon is pulling off or trying to pull off this big money-making move? Why not Disney or Netflix? I can tell you why it makes sense for Amazon. It is a company known for disrupting well-established industries through technology and mass scale. Something which isn't really the Netflix or Disney style. And like you rightly put earlier, it's a tech company that's well-experienced in building digital marketplaces of just any kind. So Amazon is providing the service to smaller OTTs. They are making a 30% commission by applying this well-versed formula. But what's the catch here? Let's be honest, $3.6 billion, which is what they made last year, is not a lot of money for Amazon. What else are they getting out of this deal? Well, Amazon is also getting a treasure trove of data from this. What exactly does it mean for these partner OTTs to hand over their data? And why is it so valuable to Amazon? More on that right after the short break. Hello, my name is Sanjana Ramachandran and I'm marketing manager at The Ken. That means I do a range of things here from sometimes reading out podcast ads to strategizing for growth to knowing what readers want and preying on their insecurities and behaviors. Just kidding. I know nothing about you actually. And I'm one of the few marketers in the world who could say this about their listeners and customers. With so much of the media still running on ads, collecting and profiling user data is part of their business model. On the other hand, the Ken subscribers were once informed that some of their data was deleted. We realized we didn't need it to improve our product and subscriber experience. We continue to innovate not only in business journalism, but also with our privacy-conscious and thoughtful products. Want to try them out? Sign up for a trial at theken.com slash podcast offer. So clearly partnering with Prime Videos is beneficial to these smaller players. It gives them, puts them right in front of millions of subscribers, helps with distribution and discovery. But what is the trade-off here? So to get into that, I called in Praveen, who is the COO of the Ken. He is the product guy to go to, to kind of understand what are these smaller OTTs getting themselves into? What vulnerabilities are they exposing themselves into by partnering with Prime Video? Hey, PGK, thanks for joining us in here. Hey, Anushka, it's really nice to be here. Okay, so let's get right into it. What is the trade-off here for these smaller streaming platforms to get onto Prime Video channels? Well, the advantages are what you already said, Anushka. But the clear disadvantage that all of these platforms get by partnering with Amazon is 
they lose out on two things. They lose out on dedicated attention from their subscribers and they lose out on data. And if you're a subscription product, those are two things that you don't want to let go of that easily. So why are those two things that important then? Because both of them are really important to the core of any subscription business. Um, Let's take an example. So if you take exactly what you said about television and streaming, dedicated attention is what gets you money. So if you take the example of, say, television, because you have a channel and people are watching your channel, just that channel and nothing else, in between the programming, you can show ads that you think they would like to watch. Those ads are controlled by you. You go out, if you are a channel, go out and sell those and get advertisers for that. Similarly, the second thing is data. Now, data is the way how streaming companies figure out what to do next. Um, Do you know the story of how Netflix did House of Cards, its first major original production? I really closely followed that show, but I honestly have no idea about the origins. So the story is that when streaming companies essentially got into creating original programming, they were extending what was already there in the television industry. And the television industry, what happens is you go to a TV and you basically say, hey, I have the show. Would you like to take it? And they will say, okay, create a pilot, which is like a single episode. And let's put it out there and let's see what people say. They do this with everybody. So they create like 40, 50 pilots a year, see what sticks and the ones that they like and ones that the viewers like, they decide to make a show out of it. That's Mm -hmm. not what Netflix did. Netflix looked at its data and said that, oh, you want to make a show which is a political thriller and it's directed by David Fincher and it's starring Kevin Spacey. We think that our viewers would love that. So don't go make a pilot. Go out and make a couple of seasons and come back. And we think that it's going to work. So that's really the great example of how data can do wonderful things if you are a streaming company. What I'm getting is that dedicated attention is what helps you make money right now. And having data to know what to do in the future helps you make money in the future. That's exactly it. With channels, Prime Video is going to do just what it does with its own content. It will extensively track and analyze the viewing habits of users streaming content on the third-party platforms. Why this matters is that it can use such insights to identify the sort of content that resonates with a specific region, with a specific age group, or even what's trending on mobile screens or TV screens. Ultimately, Amazon used that data to gauge the amount of interest potential versus the amount of representation it currently has on its own platform. All of this factors in when Prime finally set out to create its original content. Of course, there's a flip side to this. The third-party providers don't get the same amount of data from channels compared to when they sell directly. This report by Information, it says Amazon only shares data like views for an individual program and how long viewers spend watching an episode. But that's nowhere near to being comprehensive. Partners don't get data like the age group of the viewers, their location, or what kind of devices they're watching from. And you have to realize that is the kind of data any OTT platform would need to understand what's appealing to a certain set of audience. So obviously, this has been a point of friction in Amazon's negotiations with potential partners just everywhere. 
It is a Faustian deal for these small streaming platforms. On one end, they get the benefit of working with a giant company like Amazon, but on the other end, they also have to sacrifice their data. But if you turn the tables, this deal also puts a burden on Amazon, the burden of moderation. Importing a large library also means taking accountability for it. Over the past few years, we've seen how escalated things can get when people dislike the political, social, or any disagreeable undertones in a show or movie in India. It can lead to riots and threats and a lot of regulatory challenges. But this isn't the first time the company is working with channels. It's done it in a bunch of different countries as well, where it might get some learnings from. In the US, platforms have what you call a liability shield, which may essentially makes them immune to any legal damage from the third-party content they host. If, for example, if a specific movie is pulled up for something problematic, Amazon can always say they are merely hosting the content made by X and Y. But that's not going to be the case in India, especially with the arrival of its new intermediary rules. The rules, as you know, it places more accountability on the platforms hosting third-party content. A very interesting comment we received from one of our readers was, who will be held liable under the new OTT rules if a certain video on channels is in violation of the law? Is it Amazon who's hosting the content here? Or is it the third-party firm which provided the content? Or is it both the platforms? We really have to see how this conundrum will unfold in India. At the end of the day, it is a beneficial deal for both of them. Prime Video, as well as the OTT partners it's going to accrue. But it is a tricky plan to pull off. But if Amazon can pull this off, and Amazon is likely the only one who can pull this off, it is going to be an unparalleled triumph in the streaming space and will put Amazon on the top. Now, when the Ken published its story, it ran a simple poll for subscribers. The question was whether people would pay the extra 999 to subscribe to Amazon channels. Interestingly, a little over 60% of the people said that they would only pay or go the extra mile if they knew what was on offer in terms of the extra OTT channels they were going to get and whether they thought it was good value for money. So the point is that the ultimate arbiter of this channel's plan is going to be the consumer. Will they pay the extra 999 to put Amazon over the top? Only time and Amazon's choice of partners will tell. That's it for this episode of Unofficial Sources. So I also took the poll when I read this story and personally, given the library they have, I would totally opt for a little extra to get those on Prime Video. But to be honest, that would be if I was paying for my own Prime subscription and not just logging into somebody else's account. But what about you? Would you consider using Prime Video as the everything store for streaming share your thoughts with us you can tweet us at the ken web or email us on podcast at the hyphen ken.com it'll all be left in the show notes and
and well we'll see you next time next fortnight on unofficial sources by the cat